0: I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's d-r-g-e-n-e at h-e-n-s-s-l-e-r dot com.
1: This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, August 5th, 2017.
0: (laughs) Nation has been. more essential more. economic freedoms. The, the excessive decline, decline in, a dollar. in a dollar. the dollar, lack of work. Late rally on Wall Street, to fail. Growing the economy, growing the economy.
2: Welcome. Yeah.
0: This is Money Talks. Good morning. You're listening to Money Talks trying to fade this thing. It doesn't seem to be wanting to fade. And here we go. Technical right. problems. Yeah, I don't know what it is with that, but uh, you're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon, CFA, CVA. I'm here with uh, Shauna Theriot, who is a CFP and a CPA, yes. neither of which need any description, right? <laughs> we Everybody knows what those are. And also, Jennifer Thomas, who is a uh, principal of the firm. She also uh, has the CFP designation. Those Certified Financial Planners. Uh, the ladies are going to talk to us about planning for women today. That's right. Which is uh, awesome. It's not a topic that uh, that's getting that gets covered a lot, but it is actually different um, than what guys have to worry about, right? To some degree. To some degree, right? Uh, you ladies live longer than the than the other gender, right? We do. Tends statistically. Say, statistically, statistically. All right, well, let's cover the market real quick. Uh market was almost flat this week. Bill LeCo was about as close to right as he's ever going to be. 0.06% gain. Uh, Point oh 0.06. There 0. you go. 0.06 in the S&P 500. I always tell him, you know, he says it almost every time we in our outro on the show, uh, the market's going to be flat. It just uh, the, this I mean, the odds so are oh, it's a never shot. in his favor. Right. However, this week, what, what you know, we his say? head's
2: going to be swelling. He's yeah. going to be saying that he was right all along.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember that um,
3: one time back in <laughs> 2017
2: and I was only right? only
0: up 0.06%. <laughs> yeah. We won't elicit the uh, the blind squirrel defense or any of that, right? <laughs> you know, they find a nut once in a while. Uh, talking about the individual sectors uh, for the week, utilities. Led the way, one point six four percent higher. Uh, energy down about one and a half percent. And energy has been dragging. Uh, looking at the uh, the, the year long numbers, uh, who we got? Um, if I energy was down yeah, year to date eleven point
3: nine six. percent Almost
0: twelve percent. That's, yeah, that's right. horrible. And look at information technology at twenty three and a quarter percent on the year uh S&P 500 has gained 11.74% on the year. Uh that's that's even with a about a 12% uh 11.95 I think it was in 2016. So uh the market's doing quite well. Uh We reached an all-time high. We've reached multiple all-time <laughs> highs this year. Uh Dow's over 22,000. 22,000. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, a lot of positive news. Even, uh, you know, we talked a lot about how regulation and the, the potential for changes in regulation, deregulating more or less, uh, and lowering tax uh, rates was, uh, was what was driving the market. But even now that, you know, some of that stuff seems to have come off the rails, the market hasn't sold off huge. We're, uh, we're, we're riding through earnings season at the moment. So if you look at the S&P 500, we're about 80% of the way through uh, earnings season. And uh, sales have grown in the uh, second quarter by approximately 5.5%. Earnings have grown 10.45%. Uh, we expected it to be in the double digits. This barely gets there. I think first quarter we were around 15.5% mm-hmm. growth in earnings. Uh, if you look at the big spots, energy, now, even though it's down so big, earnings growth 220.35%. So what is uh, the
3: relationship with growth earnings and price to earnings? If price to earnings, if we see the market somewhat expensive, what, and if we're showing a 10% growth, how? This,
0: this catches us up. Yeah, it this, does. Yeah, so earnings gotcha. earnings being okay. the denominator of that ratio, uh, the, the more it grows, the, the closer we get. It's still the market looks uh, expensive. relatively expensive. Uh, you know, when you look at it at historical rates, uh, P.E. still over 17. Uh, Long term P.E. is around 16.1. Um, you know, when you look at the details <clears throat> uh, going further back, that's kind of where we are. Uh, Highlights, as I mentioned, uh, energy, sales growth over 15%, almost 15.5% in the second quarter. Uh, Information technology, why is it going up so big? 16% Mm. growth in earnings. Mm. Uh, It's one of the things that I keep saying, you know, although – uh, information technology has led the market higher in 2017, it doesn't uh, necessarily follow that it's all that much more expensive than the remainder of the market. Uh, tech didn't bounce um, early on after the election like the remainder of the market did, but it has certainly caught up since then. Um, you, uh, you dig a little deeper as far as surprise goes, and this is just earnings and sales relative to what analysts expected. Uh, earnings have surprised to the upside by approximately five percent overall. Um, we had Apple beat um, their earnings by six point one percent. Yeah, Apple Apple did well. Um, uh, expecting a new iPhone coming out. iPhone eight, right? Soon, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what all goes on with that. It's um, gonna be the size of an, an iPad. <laughs> I don't know. they keep getting
3: bigger, right? <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I've got a seven. Uh, plus, and it's about as big as an iPad already. Especially when I throw a when I throw a uh, case on it, that's indestructible because I tend to be kind of a gorilla and destroy <laughs> just about anything I can get my hands on. Uh, but my last phone suffered through me, and I never broke it. So awesome news! I, I give the credit to the to the case. Um, if you look at uh, at uh, the surprise, it really tells a little more of the story as to why. These companies are up or down. Uh, information technologies earnings surprise 7%. So it's it, the uh, the actual results are beating what analysts ex- expected uh, by about 7%. Next highest is in healthcare, which uh, has been kicked around more or less uh, for a while now, um, trying to figure out exactly what we're going to have, whether or not we do away with. Uh, the Affordable Care Act, or or continue on. Obviously, at the moment, you know the score there. Um, and then you look at energy. The only well, I take that back. It's uh, one of two negative earnings surprises. Uh, 3.7% worse than analysts mm-hmm. would have expected, and that's the reason that it's still kind of wallowing in uh, uh, in the negative range for the year. At some point, you might see that change. I know uh, energy prices crude oil prices have uh, have hovered around um, uh, 52 lately 52 bucks a barrel which is uh, it's you know it's better than we've uh, we've been seeing better uh, than than oil has been for quite a long time we uh, have uh, watched all this stuff play out and we've talked about it uh, quite a bit on the show uh, how the Saudi arabians uh, ran uh, supply through the roof to drive prices lower and find out kind of where the Bakken shell uh, would break, and I think they know now. So anyway, they, they overshot, which often happens in financial markets, uh, where'd we get around $28 a barrel at its very lowest around mm-hmm. that February of 2016. So uh, if you look at what we've got now, it's much better than that, um, but still not perfect. Uh, got a good bit of uh, economic information this week. International trade um, was uh, the deficit narrowed to $46.5 billion in May. It was a decline, uh, but smaller than expected. Um, you look at the employment situation, which is a piece that we all watch real closely, uh, expansion endures. Uh, June um, rebounded, well, it's July, that we would have reported 222,000 jobs uh employers added uh, average one hundred and ninety four thousand each month uh year to date so uh things are things are going good and employment situation continues to be the big bright spot uh what you would expect after a while though is uh you get to full employment and you start seeing wages increase mm. uh starts driving inflation uh making companies less profitable um, we're hoping that all uh, gets ironed out smoothly and we don't uh we don't suffer from uh, from the, the inflation too much. Uh, this is why the Fed adjusts interest rates, right? Right. Uh, personal income uh, was unchanged in June, fell short of May's 0.3% gain, and uh, our forecast for 0.4% increase. Uh, ISM manufacturing is doing reasonably well, uh, fell 1.5 points to 56.3 in July, but uh, the drop was Pretty much expected. Uh, It's not a huge decline. Anything that's uh, over 50 is still expansionary, and that's uh, kind of the piece that we watch real close. Uh, MBA mortgage apps, uh, mortgage applications decreased by 2.8% in the composite uh, this week, and it is a weekly number. Refinance index was uh, where most of the the grief was. It was down 3.8%. The purchase index moved 2% lower. Um, It's a little bit strange you would see. Uh, summertime and and uh, purchases moving lower. I know uh, in these parts uh, we're we're kind of back to school, but well, inventory is uh, low out there. so There's not really that is not, true. There's
1: not
3: <laughs> there's nowhere to get a mortgage to buy a house because you can't find a house to buy.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. No. That's uh, that is one of the things that's weighing on the the, the housing market. Definitely uh, having. Um, Having uh, low inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, jobless claims, this is pretty much in line with uh, with the employment situation we talked about earlier. Uh, fell 5,000 from the previous week. Um, you know, it's been, been strong for quite some time. Still keeps rolling on. Guys, let's uh, take a real quick break. We'll come back with a dog of the week. Stick around. You don't want to miss that for sure. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back.
1: It's time for the dog of the week.
0: All right. This week, dog of the week. We're going to highlight a little bit of the way that uh, we differ from the folks in China. Uh, right now, there's a they're trying to make the Chinese consumer actually a bigger part of the economy there, uh, instead of being reliant on heavy industry and manufacturing. Um, the government's doing several things that uh, that would encourage people to uh, build individual credit and debt and there is an explosion in uh, personal debt this particular story uh, comes out from last week Shanghai Reuters uh, a 59 year old woman from a central Chinese city of Wuhan all these words I can assure you that I'm going to butcher her name is Zhu uh, Najuan yeah. so uh, anyway she's uh, she's been on the lam for a while uh, like in the U.S., uh, the, the Chinese have discovered uh, how to uh, steal someone's identity. She has done this in, in a serial series of cases, having built up 3.7 million dollars in debt. She was found last week, but only after uh, after they figured out that she had had facial reconstructive surgery, also paid for by stolen credit card. Uh, information. Uh, they said she's 59, but she looked like she was in her 30s. So they struggled to find her for quite a while. But uh, uh, listen to this now. When, and, and obviously that's a, that's a fraud, case of fraud. But uh, it, it doesn't really matter. When you have um, debt and and you haven't uh, paid it in China, they can actually put you on a blacklist of defaulters. And, and listen to what they do. This would never fly in the United States. Um when you get blacklisted anyone who calls your personal number has to listen to this uh this pre-recorded message that says please urge this person to fulfill their legal obligations <laughs> can you believe that <laughs> I mean, I guess they just call you right out. Here in the, here in the United States, if somebody calls your house too many times. We would somebody's dealings if we uh, did right. that. <laughs> you can't even, on a private line, have somebody call your house too many times. Uh, you know, we've seen stories where uh, companies have been sued and, and – uh, Lost harassment, right? Yeah. The major cases where uh, where people have told them, you know, quit calling me or whatever. We have bankruptcy protection. It doesn't sound like they've developed quite that much. (laughs) Uh, But uh, could you imagine calling calling your mama and having a listen to the recording? recording. Come on and uh, tell you uh, you need to tell moms to uh peer obligations. Anyway, that's that's a bit bizarre to me, but that's uh that's what's going on. So there you have it. Wow. Dog of the week. All right, guys, uh we do have a, a situation to talk about. We teased it a little bit earlier women's uh issues in finance. Um that, you know, a lot of these things apply to to people no matter what the gender, but uh as we mentioned, there there are uh, things that would make you uh if you're a woman and assuming that you're going to uh, either be a single um, person in retirement, or you know, some somehow become single. Um, there are there are issues that you need to think about. Not the least of which is the fact that women tend to live longer than men. Um, so, Shauna, you got loads and loads of information loads you're about of information. to pile on us, right?
3: Absolutely. Now, I, I, you you said it just right. You know, this really is for anybody, no matter what gender they are. You really should have. A plan, You know, a man or a woman or a man and a woman together, you know, husband and wife should have a plan or a family have a plan and understand the finances. So typically, you know, there is someone in the family that handles the finances in general. Um, but that doesn't mean that the other person can't have any working knowledge of the finances. Um, you know, things do can happen unexpectedly. Someone can get hurt, you know, disabled, deceased, something can happen and have an understanding of, you know what that looks like in terms of do we have life insurance do we have enough life insurance how do i get access to all the accounts where are the estate planning documents you know having a plan in place to so both parties know um where anything is sure so it's it's having a plan in place but to your point women do live longer so you know when we we're looking at our cash flow projections for our clients we look at you know the youngest age 92 and run the projections out you know to the youngest age 92 whether it's male or female but statistically females do live longer than men um, and you know so we do look in terms of planning for that to making sure that the assets last longer if needed you know right. for the wife or what have you um, late in later years right absolutely we do. so uh,
0: probably the biggest thing no matter whether it's the the male or the female if you are not the party in your relationship that takes care of the financial information biggest thing is just to make sure you understand at least enough to to know where to go and look if something should Lord absolutely forbid, happen mm-hmm. right? or if you have an advisor or a collective of
3: advisors you know attorneys cpas you know your financial advisor make sure that they know have copies of everything so you know there are some spouses that just aren't interested and they don't want to have all this level of detail but just make sure that they know they can access someone who does and i 'm not saying you should give your advisors access to your bank account information, right. but it is important to have someone you know if they 're not involved in the finances to help orchestrate that if something were to happen well, and you can create some type of document
2: or i mean you you have to think about especially if you have one person that pays all the bills and you know, they're responsible for, you know, in, in the relationship that they take care of all of that type of thing. I mean, we had a situation where a client passed away, um, and he was the one that handled everything, um, and his wife didn't have the password to get on his computer, much less any of the usernames and passwords for, you know, and a lot of things are done electronically now. You know, if you do bill pay or, you know, anything like that, you someone needs to know that information in case something happens to you so that things don't just, you know, I mean, that's just your basic day-to-day living, not even taking into account, like, whether or not you have enough um, assets to last through the person's life expectancy. And, um, I mean, there's just a lot of different things that you sure. would want to make sure that that they have a knowledge of. And um, and it is difficult because, you know, think passwords change and keeping something monitored like that. But if you use something like LastPass where there's one main password or something that, that can be helpful sure. in those type of cases.
0: Absolutely. So do you guys see very often that uh, uh, when you know you have a married couple that you're actually doing financial planning for, that one or the other of them is the only one that wants yes. to meet? And yes. now, I mean, do you encourage? I would assume you encourage we, folks to yes. make sure and share. But is there any advice you might have somebody? At very least, I would say you'd want to be familiar with the if you do hire mm-hmm. a financial planner. And I don't. I mean, Shauna can talk about her clients, but I know
2: that the client. A lot of clients that I meet with, there's one person that goes, "Oh, I just really, you know, I don't. I'm just here. I don't really understand what you know. They don't. They'll even voice that they don't understand that." You know about all the finances, and they just let their spouse take care of it. You know, I we always try to encourage them. And Jean, you know, obviously came from an education background, and we try to educate our clients on this is why we're doing things and how we're doing it. And, you know, the whys and and all of that. So it's it is important to us to listen and to pay attention. And to understand that
0: right, yeah, so uh, there 's many different aspects of uh, financial planning that you have to be concerned with uh, it 's not just the plan itself, but right the investments and whether or not that invest I would assume that uh, you know if you had a life event where instead of a couple now it 's a single individual, uh, you could probably see that their investment risks could change, mm-hmm. uh, things of that nature, so you know one. Might be different than the other, but together there's something even different. You know, a third uh, risk level. So I guess the investments—it's important to understand what's going on there as well. Yeah,
2: well, yes, and you know, thing we often run plans um, to help determine whether or not a client needs life insurance. You know, so knowing that, but. Obviously, when when that event occurs, if, if a spouse passes away, it, you know, it's a tragic event. We always encourage the client, don't make any major decisions in the next six months to a year. I mean, that's, you know, you really need to kind of focus on because their spending patterns are going to change. Um, there's a lot of things that change in during that time, and they have to kind of get um, uh, an understanding of what their life is going to look like over that period right. of time.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, state planning. Anybody want to hit on that? It's it's important that that both spouses be uh, involved and and that either would know what's going on, what's supposed to happen uh, in the in the event that you know uh, there is a life-changing situation.
2: Yes, and you want to make sure um, I mean one of the things that I've I'll Occasionally you'll have clients that come in and they have differing views on how they want the assets to go, but they're each other's primary beneficiary so you want to make sure you're taking a look at what happens if something happens um, to the to to you are your wishes going you know occur after something happens to your spouse if, right. you know because if you um, don't have it set the way it's supposed to it might end up the way they you know want it. they want
1: right.
2: it exactly, and um, so you might want to make sure that everything
0: w- works together in your estate plan. Yeah, estate planning is probably the biggest mm-hmm. way that you could protect uh, your wishes in, in your absence, right? Mm-hmm. All right, well let's uh, take another quick break here, and uh, we'll come back in a few minutes, and we'll answer some financial questions, which is really what we're here to do, right? Absolutely. If you're listening to Money Talk. Stick around. When you're pregnant, you start reading about the cost of having a baby. When you start reading about the cost of having a baby, you learn about the cost of sending that baby to college and immediately start saving all your money in a 529 plan. When you save all your money in a 529 plan, you save no money in your 401K, thinking your son will get a business degree from Harvard and take care of you in retirement. When you think your son will take care of you in retirement, he changes majors and gets a degree in jazz studies. When he gets a degree in jazz studies, he moves back home with you, and you have to support him. When you have to support him, you don't get to retire. Don't be forced to work through retirement to support your jazz-loving adult son. Stop investing without a plan and upgrade to Money Talks. This is Money Talks. You heard the folks. We're back talking about all manner of things in this segment. We will answer some of your questions that we've uh, been asked. Uh, and you know it's probably one of the best uh, lead-ins to some of the questions we have but before we get into uh to all of that let's uh throw out how you can get in touch with us to ask your own questions uh we have a question hotline uh the number is 18554299166 you can call that number leave your question uh, recorded and then we would uh, play it on the air and answer the question behind it. If you want to talk to a person, you can call 770 429 9166. You can also email us at drjean at hensler.com. That's spelled H E N S S L E R.com. You can go to our website again, H E N S S L E R. Uh, and find multiple ways just to get in touch with us. So uh, we've got questions this week. We'll start off with this one from Robin from Woodstock. She says, uh, how do I generate earned income for my one-year-old child so that I can legally contribute to an IRA for them? So uh, first of all, Is it even reasonable to contribute to an IRA for your children and one years old? Well, you can contribute um,
2: to an IRA for your children if they have earned income. Now, a one-year-old, it's going to be very difficult for them to have earned income. The only way that I can think of is if they're a baby model. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, so if you had a business and, yes. and you hired them as uh-huh. some part of an advertisement yes. or something or if they were actually a
2: baby model with some Somebody you know else. magazine or whatever sure. and they got a W-2, um, they have to have uh, legitimate work and they have to be paid a reasonable wage, especially if you're doing if you're paying them yourself. Um, so if you're doing that and it needs to be tracked, um, you can't pay, like if they're 10 years old and they're sweeping the floors of your office, you can't pay them a thousand dollars an hour well. to do this. You know, it has to be a reasonable wage for the work that they're doing, um, but a model but, it seems
0: like you probably could do right. that to get more <laughs> yes, money. Yes. <in. laughs>
2: yeah, but a 1-year-old, you know, that's a little that's a little difficult. And and it's going to pop out at the IRS if your child is 1 and they're earning something, right. that's going to be something have for to them to report that look that look income at. too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so I mean you want to I mean it's it's perfectly it's a great tool to use um for your children and to begin, you know, helping them save For their retirement at a very young age, we all know the compounding effect of having the money invested. Sure. Um. So that's a great thing, but, you know, again, it does have to be reasonable and it has to be appropriate for their age. You know what they're doing. Um, she, um, you know, they ask about an IRA. Uh, my opinion is I would do a Roth. Absolutely. You know.
0: So it's gonna grow. It's gonna grow. You pay tax. You pay tax on the. The on the earnings, initially. but
2: you have to think about they're are, they're most likely in the zero percent tax sure, bracket, yeah. so they don't have really any tax on that money anyway. Then it's going to grow tax deferred, and they're not taxed on it when it comes out. Yeah. So it's a win-win if you know if they put it in a in a Roth. Right.
0: Absolutely. So uh, um, there's your answer. Yes. But be careful.
3: It depends. <laughs> well,
2: yes, Sean. since it's
0: a tax question, it, the yeah. answer is it
2: depends. <laughs> Shauna is a CPA.
0: She's the only one certified to say it depends. Uh, if you want the same answer, you can ask your attorney, and that's probably what they'll tell you, too. All right, we've got a question from Alan Millie from Duluth. Says, uh, our son has really enjoyed IMAX movies this summer. We were wondering if this is a stock we should buy for him. Uh, we try to get him involved as much as a 10-year-old can be uh, when we invest his college funds. We know he's uh, getting a real kick out of owning shares of IMAX, um, So, or we know he would get a real kick out of owning shares of IMAX. I'm glad to hear that uh, you haven't done it yet, because I want to talk a little bit about uh, the fundamentals, and then I think there's probably some questions here to dis- to uh, discuss about uh, uh, the financial planning side of it. But uh, any time you can talk to your children about, A company, investments, just as uh, Jennifer was saying earlier, uh, the compounding effect, the earlier you start, much better off you are. Um, But when it comes to IMAX, you know, the company started out as kind of uh, supplying these cool movie uh, uh, formats uh, and the software behind it, creating the movie itself and the the place in which it's it's, uh, viewed uh, for science. Um, You know, so if you go to the... The uh, I want to say the zoo, I know that's not, not right, it's zoo. not the zoo, the museum. Yeah, oh, the you go know. to the museum mm-hmm. or a planetarium, I've seen mm-hmm. them here. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, you can see these movies, but now they're starting to get Hollywood uh, involved in it. It's it's really cool to see the 3D uh, effects the that they can theaters. have in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that is their growth space. Uh, in fact, they're looking to grow. Uh, I think they just made a deal not long ago. Uh, for four IMAX cinemas in Russia, so they're they're moving mm-hmm. outside the United States, and that's really more where their growth is. Uh, you look at the company expected to grow by 18% uh, over the next three to five years, so the trend should be around there. But if you look at what they've done over the last five years, actual history. It's only been 2.73. Anytime uh, analysts call for a huge change from, you know, slow growth to a much faster growing, I I tend to be a skeptic. Uh, If you look at the profitability of the company, EVA spread something I like to look at. It's return on invested capital minus the cash, uh, the the cost of the cash uh, in order to uh, run their operation. It's negative in this case, negative 7.86. Makes Mm -hmm. me generally not a fan, not the best – uh, profitability, a little skeptical on the growth side. And you look at the valuation, 1.7 uh, for a PEG, the PEG ratio. PEG, in case you're wondering, is the forward price mm-hmm. to earnings ratio. Mm-hmm. So the way we get that is uh, current price divided, divided by the projected earnings over the next year, mm-hmm. divided by the expected growth rate in earnings. So anytime it's above a 1, uh, we look at it as a little bit pricey. Right now, it's hard to find uh, any stock that's uh, that's priced around that one for a peg. Uh, very low on the debt, so it's, you know, not too bad there. But uh, um, all things considered, I'm just not a huge fan. Uh, it doesn't meet the Hensler financial criteria for, uh, for investment based on financial strength and safety. But uh, you could walk through that whole process with a child and tell them, you know, this is a cool thing to go see, The point is, is everything that's cool to go watch a good investment? And the answer is absolutely not. Uh, But trying to teach them as much as they'll pay attention, because i got two kids, and I'm a geek when it comes to finance and stocks, and it's very (laughs) hard for me to get them to sit still. In fact, I've had them listen to this very radio show, and I ask them, so what would you think? My oldest daughter said one word, boring. (laughs) Anyway... But but I take let's, offense let's, to that. Are <laughs> yeah, you sure. kidding me? My girls me come too. to the
3: office, Mom, you're so lucky. You get free sodas all day long. Like, I don't even drink
0: soda. <laughs> yeah. When my kids come, i got a television in my office so I can so, watch CNBC uh-huh. and say, Man, that's lucky you get to watch TV all day. All day. day. That's yeah. all you do, Troy. Yeah. yeah, there's not much SpongeBob going on in my office. I, I would appreciate watching SpongeBob, but, you know, it's, it's not really tied to the job. So let's let's talk about something else. They bring up a good point. They say that they want to invest this stock in their their uh, portfolio for college yeah their Mm -hmm. funds for college and and i'm not so sure that that's the best way to do this do you guys have an opinion on really what we should do there
2: well i mean there's a couple of things one the, the child is 10 years old um so he's within 10 years of going to school or you know college, and you know we have our ten year rule, which is right. any money that you 're going to need in the next ten years should be in fixed income investments right. any money that you're not going to need in the next ten years should be in growth investments, so we know that he's going to need at least two years of college money in the next ten years um, now the ten year rule is is our core you know philosophy, philosophy right. and especially for retirement we you know hold that very strict rule, Um, you know, with college, you can be somewhat flexible. If you're willing, if the market's down, people tend to be more aggressive with the college money because if they may be able to pay, if the market's down, they can pay the difference out of cash flow or they can pay it out of cash flow and get the money, you know, out of the... um, Investments later after they've recovered. Um, the child could borrow the money for college and then use that, you know, later on. So there's some different, you can't borrow for retirement, but you can certainly borrow for college. So that's
0: the big difference right there. Yes. Yes. The fact that you can borrow and and the money's readily available for college. Right.
2: Uh huh. So you want to, you know, that's something to take a look at. I mean, the other thing, it doesn't say how much they were planning on investing in this. I mean, obviously, I think if they if they wanted to try to get the child interested and they wanted to buy, you know, a couple of shares, I have no problem with that. Sure, yeah. But if they're talking about investing in that stock and that's going to be the majority of the investments or a yeah. large portion of that, yeah. we never want you to see you own, you know, more than 10% in one company, preferably not more than 5% in one company. Right. Um, and, you know, but if it's not something that we would recommend investing in. But I understand sometimes you want to see things that they like.
0: Sure, absolutely. And that if it piques their interest for a few sure. shares, why not do it? Just probably not in a the, in the college fund. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Money Talks. running most respected money show on the radio i'm troy Harmon here today with shauna theory did i get that right you did man i nailed it totally yeah you've only known me
3: for over six years finally you know how to say finally hey
0: man when you grow up in the in the sticks that's kind of what happens you you learn to talk last (laughs) i was chopping wood before i could talk how about that (laughs) Anyway, uh, here Sounds also... Sounds like child with, labor laws to me. No, it didn't get paid anything, so it's not a job. <laughs> so right? you couldn't contribute to an but IRA. I got to warm by the fire. <laughs> all right, here with uh, Jennifer Thomas as well. Two CFPs telling us all the brilliance of financial planning. Thank you both. I was almost to say guys, and we've talked about lady stuff. That's and right. You, you might get offended at that. I might. All right, so I didn't say it, just for the record, That's so you good. know. <laughs> All right, uh, we've got another question we just as well dive on into. Uh, If you would like to contact us with your own question, you can uh, reach us, email drjean at hensler.com, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R, or you can give us a call, 770-429-9166. We've got Leon from Smyrna says, I have a college graduate sitting on my couch. Is this normal for today's generation? Uh, He moves on to say my daughter's 24. Sent her to a good school, has a poli-sci degree. She's working for a very tiny law firm, but she's not yet a paralegal, and uh, they're paying her peanuts. Well, you gotta got to be upwardly mobile, right? Uh, it's good they have a goal, it sounds like. Um, I get that she wants to go to grad school because her friends are doing it. However, I look at myself, and at 22, I was a co-op at a firm working my way through my senior year at college. I busted my butt. Uh, to be the co-op, the firm hired um, full-time upon graduation. I never moved back home. I got an apartment with a friend, and we are uh, we batched it, I guess. We're bachelors until we got uh, married at 26 again. Uh, is this normal for today's generation? Jennifer, you probably have more experience with the,
2: uh, uh, the, the millennial the, the generation.
0: Graduate kids. Than
2: we love the millennial years. generation. I have three millennials. There you go. Um, now, and, and I, I, w- I would say that it is probably more normal for today's generation. It, this gen or the millennial generation does tend to not um, move out of their parents' house and get out on their own as quickly um, as some of the generations in the past. Right um, now, in my case, my uh, I have a 25-year-old daughter who has been on her own since she went to college. Um, she recently bought her first home, um, you know, so she's a little bit different. I have a 23 year old son who also has his own place. Um, he doesn't own it, but he rents his own place, has a roommate and has been out, um, for a couple of years. So, uh, and I have a 20 year old daughter who is in school, but still lives at home. So, I mean, I've got a little bit of both, but, um, I mean, I do think it is more, um, Prevalent these days. I think this generation, there's a lot of different aspects to them. They think differently. Um, you know, we, uh, we being, um, you know, the baby boomers and the Generation X, I mean, we were the kind of the go-getters. You've got a job. You had to work as hard as you can and accomplish everything that you needed to accomplish and get there. You know, we were in such a hurry to get there. And I think that, um this generation is more into social services and you know traveling and looking at things and you know
0: yeah experiences, experiences yeah, over the experience, assets yeah right. and, you know, i mean it's just a different
2: nature. different thing you have to understand we had encyclopedias and you know what if you wanted to know something what did your parents say go look it up in the encyclopedia <laughs> i mean you know i mean the, these What's children the have never seen an encyclopedia yeah. and You know, we even learned that in this workforce we have millennials that work for us, and, you know, we're used to just, like, just go figure it out. Well, you know, they want to be educated on how to go and figure it out. Mm -hmm. So it's a little – it is a challenge for this generation. But, no, I think that is perfectly um,
3: normal for
2: that generation. Well, Mm and,
3: you know, you've seen the statistics on the – um, the loan debts that they have from yes. school as well. So, I mean, they well, get out of school uh, and they have these huge loans and, it, you know, the payment on it's almost a house payment. So it's it's making it challenging for them to find places to live and afford to live.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned a uh, loan. Uh, let's talk about college. If you look at the uh, statistics in 1975, one-fourth of young adults had a college degree. Less than one-fourth. Uh, yes, and and today more than one third hold a college degree, so it's it's not shouldn't be surprising that uh, the generation has more college, college debt because more of them
2: have gone and college okay. has gone up you oh, know extremely yeah. in price, right. and right. so you're talking about a huge amount of debt for a lot of kids. Yep, and um, so the, you know they're trapped under that debt. They can't mm-hmm. um, you know it, he, he doesn't say whether or not you know his daughter has. Um, college debt, but if, if she does, I mean, that's an added burden on top of, um, you know, yeah, just the normal cost of living.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, and, and when you're talking about women, uh, it, it seems that uh, less than half of the workforce was uh, comprised of women back in 75. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's a lot more women that are that are actively working, getting educations, Uh uh, so that's another one of those major uh, shifts in, in uh, demographic. Right. Um, and I know folks hate to be, uh, especially the millennials. We have some that work with me directly, and I mess with them all the time. Tell them if they uh, if they don't start acting right, I'm going to take away their beard and their Jeep, and they'd never be <laughs> a millennial again. Uh, anyway, the the, uh, the thing that uh, that occurs to me though is. Uh, you know, a lot of folks don't want to sit around, and, and you can't really paint with that broad brush. But when you look at the statistics, uh, the, the younger set today, the new entries into our uh, workforce are definitely different yes. than uh, than previous generations. Well,
2: I mean, even even think about, like, when you were first out of school or, you know, just starting out in your, you know, adulthood, there wasn't a heck of a lot to to do. Right. I mean, you know, you look at all of the activities and the sporting events and the restaurants and the, you know, all of that. I mean, it was like a huge thing for us to, to go to dinner. Yes. Yeah. You know, or whatever. And I mean, like th- they have things planned all the time and all of that costs money. Yeah.
3: Right.
2: And uh, not to say that that's, you know, it's it's a good and a bad thing, right? You know, um, they have to earn more to be able to do all those things and, um that they want to do.
0: Yeah, right. I remember uh, when I was young. It's been a long time, but uh, I, I remember you know the best Back electronics I could, the best <laughs> electronics I had was a, a pager. Remember the pager days, Jennifer? Ah, uh,
3: yes.
2: Best uh-huh. thing
0: you could get. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, was, you can, I made my husband, I
3: remembered, like only doctors had pagers, only the important people right. had pagers. So you must right. have been really important. No, I made no, my husband get a pager a
2: when I was pregnant with Jesse, my <laughs> oldest daughter, but so that. You know, if he was at work, I could get in touch with him.
0: Or if he was not, you know, at home, I could page him. Technology has moved quite quickly. It's crazy. Quite quickly. Uh, And you mentioned I'd never even thought about that. When I was 22 or three, I remember saving money to buy a set of encyclopedias, (laughs) and, and I never did it. And I can't remember why, but man, I I didn't waste (laughs) that money. The fact that you had to save money in order to buy. I bet you they'd be worth money now, though, because they're like, no, you can't give them. No, you can't. can't. No, because think about the internet. You can go and find the absolutely most incorrect answer on everything you wanted to right on the internet. Yeah, but it's almost like a (laughs) historical. (laughs) <laughs> They're, They're paper paperweights. <laughs> yeah, well, They're maybe. huge paperweights. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, food for the silverfish in your basement probably more so. But uh, the thing of it is, it is it really has... Uh, we've changed a load in the last few years, and technology has has been a wonderful thing. But at the same time, it makes us all think about things differently. And when mm. you talk about investments, many of the folks that are millennials today, the generation we're talking about, came of age during 2007, 2008, watched the stock market. It's really difficult sometimes mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. have those conversations about getting them to take the amount of risk that's really reasonable for their young age and the time horizon they have for, uh, for investment. So anyway, guys, yeah, we do love... Millennials, Maybe we don't understand them fully, and uh, we know that they should not all be painted with the same brush. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, here we go, guys. Uh, coming down to the wire, we always ask the same question. Jennifer, mark it up or down? Up. Absolutely. Okay, Shauna, this is your time to shine? Flat. Oh, my. <laughs>
2: Just because I he was—it's was review time.
0: I'm trying to make him happy. Oh my! <laughs> you know me—I'm a broken record. Always mark it up. up. Statistically, it's going to be up. Money talks. Take care.